millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello there, listeners. It's new episode time. And this one is all about learning new vocabulary. And you'll hear me and my guest talking about what to do when you find new words and how online dictionaries can be really useful. And this should give you an insight into some of the processes that I go through when preparing premium episodes. Because with LEP Premium, I actually cut out a lot of the work that you would have to do when researching, understanding, and then using new vocabulary. You know, when you find new words, what do you do? There's lots of different steps you need to take in order to make sure that you've got the whole picture. And I cut out a lot of that work for you with the premium stuff. I do a lot of that work myself, and then I kind of lay it all on a plate for you. And I use loads of resources to help me gather all the necessary information that you need to really learn target language, including not only the definitions of words and phrases, but also example sentences, pronunciation, collocations, synonyms, and so on. I use online dictionaries, collocations, dictionaries, thesauruses, and plenty of other online resources. Anyway, the point is, this episode should give you an insight into some of the steps that I go through when gathering information about vocabulary for my premium content. And you could use some of these steps too when discovering new vocabulary. But if you want to just save a bit of time and let me do most of the work, then you could sign up to the premium subscription for a very reasonable price per month and then just use my lessons to improve your English. To get all the information and to sign up to the premium subscription, just go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. And by the way, if you're already a premium subscriber and you're thinking, where are the new episodes, Luke? We're looking forward to new content. Well, new stuff is going to arrive very soon. In fact, maybe, maybe today, maybe later this afternoon. I've got new stuff in the pipeline. I'm working away on new content all the time. So I'm continuing with Premium 29. There are still four parts of that that episode series yet to come. So part five and then probably part six will come today or tomorrow and then the rest. And then I'm working on a new series, which is going to be P30. And that's going to be called What Did Jill Say? And What Did Jill Say is going to be the same kind of thing as What Did Rick Say? Except um, we'll be looking at target language used by my mum in our recent conversation in episode, what was it, 717? I think so. Anyway, so if you want to learn English with uh, my mum and dad, then you can sign up to the premium subscription to do it. Right, so yes, what's that link again? It's teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. Right, let's get started properly. And here's the jingle. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners. I hope you're doing well out there in all the various parts of Lepland. Are you ready for a new episode? Yes, you are. That's why you're listening to this? Yes, that does make sense, actually. Uh, It would be pretty weird if you'd pressed play on this episode and then thought, wait, 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 no, I'm not ready. (laughs) 
<laughs> I must immediately reassess my life choices. Ah, oh, what am I doing? I'm assuming that you're ready for this episode, and that's why you press play, and that you're fully on board and prepared mentally, physically, and spiritually for another dose of English. This episode is called How Fred Learns Vocabulary with the New York Times Spelling Bee. Fred Iango is my guest for this one, and he is a returning guest, as some longer-term listeners might remember. Fred has been on the podcast a few times before. Basically, I know Fred from doing stand-up comedy at English-language comedy shows in Paris. He's a stand-up comedian like me. Fred is also a bit of a movie geek, and he loves to talk about films of various kinds. His last appearance on this podcast was when we talked about Avengers Endgame a couple of years ago. But this episode is not about films. We decided instead to talk about how Fred expands his vocabulary in English using the New York Times spelling bee. Do you know what a spelling bee is? And it's not an insect that's good at spelling words and making honey. No, uh, a spelling bee is basically a spelling competition. Often spelling bees are done in the USA in schools. You might have seen videos on, like, screens TV, computers, you know, you know, the way you sometimes watch videos. Anyway, you might have seen video of kids in America doing uh, these spelling bees, these kind of, they can become quite ridiculously complicated spelling competitions. But the New York Times spelling bee is basically just a spelling game that they publish in their daily newspaper. And it's for adults or students and not children. It's the sort of thing you can do on your lunch break or while commuting to work or college or something. And it involves trying to spell as many words as possible from a limited number of letters. And just in case you're wondering, the B part in spelling B is, you know, that's spelt B double E. The B part there is nothing to do with the insects that make honey. The word B here is actually derived from the Middle English word bean. I'm assuming it's pronounced bean. And that's spelled B-E-N-E. And Middle English is not used anymore, of course, so don't worry about the word bean. Um, Not this one anyway. Obviously, there are plenty of other beans that you need to think about in English. You know, beans, the auxiliary verb bean, and also baked beans that you might want to eat as part of a full English breakfast. But anyway, no, the, the, the word B from spelling B comes from an old English, an old Middle English word, bean, which basically meant when neighbours get together to do an activity that helps someone. A sort of group activity in which everyone gets together to help someone in the community. Somehow along the way, this word, well, it became B, B double E, and it became associated only with these competitions designed to help kids improve their spelling. And yes, the word ended up being spelled B. So, as far as I know, there are no other uses of the word B like this. So, instead, you can just learn the phrase spelling B to mean a spelling competition. So, this episode is all about ways to expand your vocabulary. Recently, Fred has found that this little spelling game that he's been using on the New York Times app, I think, has introduced him to various new words. And this has been an inroad into English for him. So we decided to talk about it on the podcast. The overall point here is that there are many ways to expand your vocabulary. You can come across words while reading books or articles. You can find them by listening to podcasts. You can find them by checking transcripts or by using subtitles. 
by playing computer games, by checking song lyrics, or by playing word games. There are probably other ways that you can think of too. Uh, There are many ways to come across new words. In the case of Fred, though, he's been coming across new words by playing this, this word game, this spelling game. I should say that as well as doing these word games, Fred is also a big reader of books and also a film nerd. He watches loads of films and TV series in English and investigates the English he hears or sees if he has the subtitles on or he's reading. And when he came to the flat to record this episode, he had a copy of Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll, which he'd been reading. And that book is full of wordplay, poetry and little jokes. So there are many ways that Fred gets English into his life. But in this episode, we are focusing on how Fred uses this particular little spelling game. And this leads to some discussion about the steps I think you should take or could take when discovering new words. And this relates to one of the recommendations made by Michael from Poland, uh, Michael the Shaman, uh, which was to use certain online monolingual English-English dictionaries because they help you to find not only definitions of new words, examples and correct pronunciation, but also plenty of synonyms. And as you explore the definitions of words, you end up discovering other words and it all expands outwards like the branches of a tree. So this is the overall point, okay? Uh, Find words in whichever way that you enjoy, but try to go a bit further and explore these words using good English-English dictionaries. Notice how one word leads to another. Notice what kind of words they are, if they're nouns, adjectives, verbs, and so on, and how they fit into a sentence, including which other words they usually go with or collocate with, like certain prepositions, and if they're followed by certain forms, like ing verbs or infinitive verbs. Notice how the words are pronounced, and if there are several acceptable ways to say them. Make note of the spelling, and watch out for discrepancies between the spelling and the pronunciation. Consider if the words are from a specific register, for example, medical language, legal language, old-fashioned literary language, or if they're just in general English. Look out for if they tend to be from American English or British English. All that information is available from a good dictionary. Also, perhaps consider recording your new words in a notebook or a flashcard app like Anki or one of the other flashcard apps that you can get. Try to use new words yourself and then try to notice the words again and again as you keep listening and reading. That's the overall point of this episode. This is a conversation between two people and so you're going to hear the usual moments when we get sidetracked and there are various conversational tangents, little jokes and things as we make each other laugh. So it might be a bit tricky to keep up with it all. So just bear that in mind and get ready basically. As you will notice, quite a lot of specific items of vocabulary come up during this conversation and it might be a little difficult for you to keep track of them all but I will be repeating them at the end of the episode and they're also written on the episode page on my website in a nice list if you'd like to take a look. Okay, so, you know, notice words and phrases as they come up, uh, but I will be recapping all of that later. Right, so I hope you can keep up with all of this. There will be a part two of this conversation where we explore some word quizzes about commonly confused words in English. But now, let's listen to Fred talking about how he uses the New York Times spelling bee to expand his vocabulary. And here we go. 
So, Fred, hello. Welcome back on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Now, we... we I'm so glad. W- yeah, it's nice to have you back. I haven't mm-hmm. seen you for a long time. Yeah. For reasons yeah. we will not mention, because everybody has mentioned them already. Everyone's already talked about... Have you heard the news? What, th- yeah, there's some big thing happening in the world, which mm-hmm. has made life difficult for everybody. Mm-hmm. But we don't need to go into, a, into no. that now. Um, but so we were thinking about what, what we're going to be talking about. And I was yeah. thinking it's probably a good idea to start with English, considering this is Luke's English podcast, after all. And, you know, this is what we talk about a lot of the time. And so, I mean, you've been on this podcast a few times before, but the last, I think, well, your first appearance where we kind of talked about the story of Fred. Yeah, the background. The background and the the, the life story. story. The origin story. (laughs) Fred Iango origins. (laughs) And um, Uh, we could talk about films because you're a big film buff and we love love talking about films together. But uh, I was trying to say that... What was I trying to say? That, yeah, so you're from Cameroon. English was never your first language when you were growing up. It was yeah. French because you lived in the French-speaking part of Cameroon. Yes. And, but you then, you then did start sort of studying English at school from the age of about 12 or something, wasn't it? No, Ten? younger, like five. Yeah. Five, yeah, okay. Yeah. The classification of native English speaker yeah. is, is kind of a, actually kind of a controversial one in some ways yeah. because there is a gray area of like what is a native speaker and what isn't. Anyway, the point is that you've uh, you've been, let's say, you're still working on your English, as we all are. I am yeah, too. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I, I wouldn't consider myself a native because, um, first of all, like at home, there was the, the amount of English I, I was learning or the, the hours I spent speaking English were very low. Hmm. It was certainly like a, an early initiation to English, but it, it was really like treated as, as like, you know, like as, as a, you know, the way people learn Spanish in like, you know, I don't know, eighth grade or whatever. It's like, you have this hour, you learn German then, and that's it, you know? So it wasn't like in my life in any way where I would like, you know, and so, so it's quite different. It was an academic kind of thing yeah. for you rather yeah. than a, just something that was going on in your life. Yes. It's certainly an advantage to have started early, but also it was still very limited to to like the class and the English English hour. Like no, no, no other subject was taught in English, for example. Like right. English was just the language, the grammar and like so yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there is a difference between just growing up in English, immersed in English. Um, maybe your family speaking it or even yeah. you know, teachers speak teaching other subjects at school or other kids speaking English around you. There's yeah. a difference between that and, um, you know, studying English as a subject uh, yeah. throughout school and stuff. But I guess later on, I mean, I, I don't know, you, you, you've got like an American accent and stuff. Like, where did that come from? It's, I guess, the cultural influence, like l- learning English went a lot through TV and movies. So I just ended, I think I just ended up picking up uh, the American accent. Uh, it's a pity, Fred. I mean, you know, it's a pity it's not the British accent. I have to. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm joking. You know, of it's, it's like it's in the. Uh, no, I'm not going to tell someone else's joke. But like, <laughs> you can if you reference them. If you, yeah, if it's you, Adrien, Adrien Arnaud has a dead joke about how like Adrien. Sorry, Adrien. Adrien Arnaud. You said it in the French way. Exactly. Adrien Arnaud. Yeah. Is that is that the right pronunciation? Arnaud. 
That's the ooh sound I can't do. Ooh. Adrien Arnoux. Anyway, Adrian Arnoux. He, the French guy with an American accent, and his joke is like... British people always ask him, why do you have an accent? It's like, well, you know, I'd rather watch American movies because all your movies are about unemployment. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All, all British films are just depressing. Not, not his fault. Yeah. But yeah, like in the same way, like I was just much more exposed to, I think, American voices. Yeah. So it ended up just, just being white. But like, I think also with time, I don't really like if you listen close. I don't really have an American accent. I've Amer- I've mostly have an American accent, mm-hmm. but you know, like I've I've even I've even fooled a few Americans, but it's always kind of like, but where are you from? It you know, kind of like they can't place me. They're like, you're kind of American, but you have a bit of an accent too. Where are you from? Where do people think you're from? I think I I had Ohio twice. At Ohio, yeah, which is very like mid country in and not super definite. It's like ah, uh, he's from the middle. It must be from the middle because it's not like, you know, it's not south, it's not east, it's like, eh, maybe eh. Cincinnati? <laughs> I don't know. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Cleveland. Yeah. Um, Ohio is an interesting city in the States in terms of its accent, yeah, because it's very nonspecific. As you say, it's not, yeah. I mean, it's it's not in the center of the country. It's more to the east, but it's... It's already like mis- Midwestern. It's kind of Midwest. Ish. It's yeah. like maybe a touch of the south, maybe a touch of the east coast, maybe some of that north Midwestern accent in there. It's kind of got a bit of everything. Yeah, exactly. And so I guess if Americans are like, can't place your accent, where are you from? Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's the default. We don't know where you come from, but you're American. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. But um, so, but you wanted to... One of the things you wanted to talk to me mm. about was... Um, like I guess ways in which you're continuing to work on your English, and you yeah. you were mentioning spelling. Yeah, right. So talk to me about spelling then. So the New York Times like has like many games, mm-hmm. and one of them is the spelling bee game. I don't know if you know the spelling bee. Maybe for like the people, the 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 game basically is that it's for like students, like young students. It's a game where you're given a word and you have to spell it out the right way. So the person would say, okay, the next word is necessary. Exactly. And you have to spell necessary. And then it gets increasingly hard. I don't know, like diaphragm, you know, whatever. Maneuver. Exactly. It gets increasingly difficult. And then you have like those kid geniuses that know all the words in the dictionary. Um, so that's the like the classic version. And the the... The New York Times version is that every every day they have a grid of like seven letters. Mm-hmm. One of them is marked in yellow because it's like the central letter. So it's like in an, in a hexagon. Hexagon? Hexagon, yeah. Hexagon. Like I, I hope people can picture that. So you have six S- letters. Wait, a hexagon is a six-sided shape. Six-sided shape. So you have six. You can maybe put a picture somewhere oh, on God. your website. Fred, and then geometry is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it quick. Let's make it quick. This is people, okay. I can feel the people turning this off. You have seven letters. Yes. One of them you need to put in every word. That's the central letter. Central letter. Yeah. And every word needs to be like four letters minimum. And it's only like no no proper nouns, no like, you know, no slurs, obviously. And it's like, you know. Slurs. No slurs. Like like uh, swear words. Swear words. Rude yes, words. Exactly. Okay. I, I mean, the word slur itself, not being a slur, it will probably work in the spelling. <laughs> uh, but no proper nouns, no names of places or people. Exactly. But normal nouns are okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every day there's at least one word, uh, at least one, which I discovered, uh, that uses all the letters of the grid. And so the challenge is like, 
how many words can you find based on this grid? And so I've been, I started doing it like two months ago, I think. And there's a different grid every day, which is amazing. And I've been playing it every single day for like two months. It's great. It's like it just played th- throughout the day. And then it's different levels. You go from like, I don't know, nice, great, amazing, genius. And then when you, f- when you win, I'm opening the, the app as I'm talking to show it to, to, to um, our, our look. And when you're done, if you have all the words, you're a queen bee, which is excellent. Wait a minute. It's a so, great feeling. So, okay. So this is in the, the New York Times app. Yeah. And in the games section, yeah, exactly. is the app free to download or do you have to be no. a member or something? You have to be a member. Okay. You have to have a New York Times subscriptions, which I kept originally for New York Times cooking because I love that app. And I was like, oh, also games. So that's great. So I do those two things with that app. I wonder if there if there's a book or something of the New York Times spelling B in yeah. a book form. But anyway, this the thing is, listeners, if you if you want to find it, listeners. Let's say, let's say if yeah. you follow like if you look for New York Times spelling B on Twitter, you'll probably find pictures of what it looks like without having having to pay new york times spelling b and that's yeah. b e e yeah, like, like the, zzz, the, insects. the things exactly. that make honey i don't know yeah. why why it's called a spelling b i don't know why oh, that's interesting i have no idea i can check in a minute maybe but yeah. at the moment let's yeah. just say listeners don't worry about that part it's just a yeah. common thing yeah as you said in american schools yeah. this is a common competition the the, uh, the spelling b so i'm actually yeah. about to open the new grid of the day i have not seen yet okay so fred's going to open the uh, the new spelling b for today yes and we're going to have a little look at it um so today we have oh t-a-h-m-i-r and the central letter is C. But O was not one of the letters. You just said O as an exclamation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> o, R-T-A, so, but not O, yeah. yeah. So R-T-A-H-M-I and C is the central letter. Okay, so uh, another question for you, sorry. Um, what's the maximum number of words? Is there a maximum number of words? It that depends we can- on each grid. It can go from like 40 to like like 80. Like it depends. Really, that many? Yeah, yeah. a lot of words. Like for example, this grid, I can... It's probably a lot of, of 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 words because it's like you know. But wait, the 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 B the spelling B doesn't mm-hmm. tell you your target number of no, words. No, it's just as many as you can possibly yeah. get, and yeah. we're not going to tell you what the maximum is. Yeah, okay. they have a point system for so for example, um, a four letter word is one point, and from five up, like it's the the point is equal to the amount of letters. So five letters, five points; six letters, six points, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. And for the pentagram, which is a pentagram, is the word that uses all the letters. It's a very nice pentagram. Word. Pentagram. Panag- P-A-N-A, like pan, like pande- pandemic. Yeah, Sorry. it's the first one that came to mind. Uh, Pangea, you know, pan, like as all, you know. Yes. And pentagram, gram is like word. Panagram. P-A-N-A-G-R-A-M. Yeah. So the pentagram, you have like for the point, you have the number of letters of the pentagram plus seven points. So you can kind of like figure out with the points, okay, how many words do I have left approximately, stuff like that. Before going into the the score thing, like just the letter, just the letter part of it without thinking, oh, I need this many points, blah, blah, blah. Just the fun of playing it. Yes. That's that's the more important thing. The the points I figured out as I started playing, but I wasn't into the numbers at the beginning it's just the personal fun of just trying to get as many words as you can and so have you learned things about spelling from this and uh you know what are the conclusions 
What are the things that you've learned about spelling and maybe pronunciation and things like that from this? So the interesting part of the game is that so at the end of each day, so I'm going to go back to show you, when you come on the page, they show you all the words from the previous day. Mm-hmm. So you have all the words you found and all the words you did not find. Some of them you know, but some yeah. of them you've either never heard. Uh, like, I don't know, there's strange ones like Nene, N-E-N-E, which is a bird in Hawaii, or um, I don't know. That's not a proper noun? No. The name not. of a bird? Nene, yeah. A lot of uh, opa, O-P-A-H, also a fish. There's a lot of animal words. They sound like proper nouns, but I guess pr- uh, the proper nouns in the sense that not place names or people names. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. okay. Uh, but but yeah. animal names are okay. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, so you always get this list of like, oh, I didn't see that, I, I forgot that, and also, you know, I, I just realized, oh, this is a great way to also learn new words, and also because sometimes it's not like very classic words, it's sometimes words that like um, only used in certain places that are like, you know, uh, of like, I don't know, for the because American like of like I don't know Mexican origin, like Hawaiian origin, or like you know your other European things. Um, and then because you know when you see a word, what I see a word, and I don't know what I just go check it out. Like what is it? So maybe I can remember it for next time. When you check it out, where do you check it out, and how do you do it? So Google Dictionary, just go- just Google Dictionary works quite well mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. images and everything, and also you. Like, it also reconnected me with a lot of phonetics, because when you see a word, you sometimes do not know how to pronounce it. And I, it also made me remember, when I was younger, one of the ways, because I was, I'm a bit of a nerd, I don't know if you can tell from, like, me having so much passion for the spelling bee. <laughs> <laughs> not to mention uh, all the movies and stuff. Exactly. But anyway. But like when I was younger, even in French, I used to spend a lot of time just reading the dictionary, just reading it like a book, just getting in there, just oh pictures that are nice, words, all all of it. And part of it was <laughs> like the next level was phonetics, which involved like uh, basically kind of learning the phonetics alphabet. In French or in English? Well, the, the beautiful thing is that it applies to all languages. So this is the international Inter- phonetic alphabet with every single possible the sound covered. IPA. That is that is a that is a, a a large number of sounds. Yes, that's yes. a very complex thing. I mean, it's super complex. Like I, you don't need to go into like the clicks and the uh, and you know, don't, you don't need all of them. Yeah, because some some African dialects have clicks in yeah, them, like right? Cosa. What? Cosa. How, wait, think, teach me how to say I that. I think that's how you pronounce it. Corsa. 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 Yes, I and think w- that's how it sounds. Do, w- uh, which language or dialect is that used in? Well, that's the name of the language. That's the name. <laughs> <laughs> it shows Corsa. how much I it's, know. It's, it's spelled X-H-O-S-A. And Corsa. X-H is Co. That's amazing. Yeah. That is, that, is, that is wonderful. But the thing with that is that once, like... Because the, the the phonetics are connected to the shape of your mouth and, like, the position of your tongue in your mouth and everything. So, like, o, ah, ah, you know, like, uh, sh, sh, like, all these things. Like, once once you kind of connect that, like, abstract language thing to something very real, like, oh, it's my, my body. Like, you know, you can actually learn where to place your tongue in your mouth. Like, I just I just feel like it removes a lot of pressure actually from like learning how to pronounce something because once you just you just read the phonetics you're like oh that's like this sound i know you know i don't i don't need to like 
think about the word as like this difficult thing. You can just kind of break it down by sound, and you can be like, oh, ophthalmologist. I don't know, like uh, yeah, ophthalmologist. Yeah, exactly. You just, you just five syllables. And also, one difficult thing for me with uh, English that I still struggle with is stresses stressing the sound you know like and you know like especially like long words i don't have one in mind now but like you know once it's like a long adverb of like an admittingly like stuff like that Admit, like, admittedly yeah but exactly. admittedly um, or admittedly like you know like you have no idea admittedly you, yeah. yeah you have no idea not admittedly yeah. but admittedly yeah this is a huge thing yeah. i mean yesterday i was teaching a class and we were dealing with all these descriptive adjectives mm. and stuff a lot of the adjectives are connected to french mm-hmm. but they're like um <laughs> spoken you know yeah. pronounced in a totally different way i'm trying to think of a good example we have words like horrendous mm-hmm. you know like the weather today is horrendous yeah. um um and uh, severe severe yeah uh, um let's see hold on i'm thinking of some classic ones that uh, my french students always mispronounce because they assume naturally that they're spoken like they would be in french um uh, okay, what about the word embarrassed? Embarrassed? Yeah. In French, that would be what? Embarrassant. So it's kind of the same, actually, that one. Hold okay. on. I'm I was thinking important? No. Yeah, because that would be important. Yeah. But important. Mm. So the, in, in English, the stress is on the not, second syllable. Not important, but important. important. Huh. And there's also other interesting things about word stress and how it relate, how it affects the vowel sounds mm-hmm. in the unstressed syllables. Yes. So when you get a word like necessary, mm-hmm. the stress is on the first sim- yeah, syllable. Not necessary. Not necessary. Which is like accessory. Sounds like accessory. Yeah. But necessary, right? The point here is that you've got necessary. Now, those unstressed syllables, mm-hmm. the, the vowel sounds become very weak. Yeah. So it's not necessary, but necessary. Yes. Uh, uh, uh. A lot of schwa sounds. Yes. Um, Okay. So this is interesting. Yeah. That let's say you start with the spelling B. I mean, I I don't know if this is the order in which you kind of discovered these things anyway, but you you start, let's say. Rediscovered in a way. Rediscovered. You start with the spelling B. You look at yesterday's words, see the words you missed. Yeah. You you kind of notice words that maybe you didn't know. Yeah. <clears throat> you use Google Dictionary in, in your case. I yeah. personally, I would use one of the one of my. Is it five? My my favourite dictionaries are CollinsDictionary.com, Good one. Cambridge Dictionary Excellent. Online, Oxford Advanced Learners Dictionary. <laughs> you're, I like the way you're just like, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, um, I'm a dictionary hype man. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're my dictionary. Cambridge! Di- my dictionary hype man. Collins Dictionary. CollinsDictionary.com! Yeah. <laughs> um, Oxford Learners Dictionary. Oxford Learners in the house! Um, Macmillan Dictionary. Macmillan? Macmillan. Wow, yes. Best field. And the Longman Dictionary as well. What about Merriam Webster? Well, see, it's it's American. Ooh, shade. Ooh, shade. <laughs> Miriam, you stay away from me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Webster as well. I don't want anything to do with Miriam or Webster. <laughs> no, um, Miriam, Miriam Webster, I do use it occasionally, yeah. but I try to stick to my five favorite ones. Yeah. Just because, you know, my thing is British English. They, they will um, show you American words, but they'll highlight, you know, this is American and this is how it's spelled in American English. And I like those dictionaries because they give you, you know, lots of definitions and lots of examples. Yeah. They show you the phonemic script of the word. Yeah. There are little 
uh, buttons you can click with pronunciation of the yeah. word in both British and American English, like standard versions. Mm-hmm. Um, That's nice. And yeah, so I, I, I think, and also those dictionaries are in many cases, like the Oxford one um, and uh, the Longman one, and I think all of them, in fact, are designed for learners of English as well as for non-learners of English. But you know? I, I, I use the, the Google Dictionary for convenience because it's just, you know, sometimes, I mean, you know, I have to go back to work, so... <laughs> it's just quick, basically. Yeah, but my actual dictionary I use, I've used for years is um, it's an app called Word Reference. Mm-hmm. Does it like translations, pronunciate pronunciation? I said phonemic script. Yeah, uh, it's a beautiful sentence. I'm going to keep in my life. Phonemic script. Oh my god! I'd say phonemic script. Actually. Phonemic. Yeah. Ooh, see, we're learning every day. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. That's kind of neat because also I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a native French speaker, but I find myself having to like go check grammar, you know, here and there in, in French. French. Of course, you do. Yeah, because you just it, some rules you don't use a lot and then you know like some of them like complicated with like you know reflexive verbs and like you know the the conjugation like yeah it can be complicated but also doing the spelling bee has kind of like restarted my language journey it's first of all i i just enjoy playing with words like that you know like and and just this idea of like oh i, I kind of have still a lot to learn you know and sometimes you just you just kind of forget how little you know and it's nice to be reminded because it's kind of it's a challenge for me it's a challenge like for me anytime i can find all the words in there i feel like i do feel you know proud of myself of course like because there's always a portion of those words that are words i learned doing the spelling bee Mm. either like small things like two days ago i missed flea you know like f-l-e-a you know it's like it's it's right in front of you and it's those words you know but it's like it's just kind of flea the um the, the little the little insects that that sometimes insects? they they yeah are they insects? Oh, oh, oh! Hold it on. Like, is it like uh, like a sp- arthropod, like spider or insect? Uh, sure. uh, spiders are arachnids. Oh, it's an insect. Uh, a flea is a is an insect, which I guess means it has like what is it? What are the qualifications? Arthropo- insects are arthropods, actually. Uh, hold on a minute. Let's check. What does Colin say about arthropods? Some people know. Some people listening are going. We know. What an arthropod is. If no. you do know what an arthropod oh. is. Arth- oh, you would have lost at the spelling bee. R-O. Not R-A. Arthropod. Arthropods. Yeah. I spelt it arthropod with an A. Arthropod. And in any invertebrate, uh, an invertebrate is one that has its skeleton on the outside. Is that right? I'm, oh, I think so. It doesn't have a um, uh, spine. Invertebrate. It doesn't have a spine. No spine. Yeah. Okay, that's what an invertebrate means. Yeah. See, I'm, I, I'm learning from you too. Yeah. I wanted to make this point before we yeah. go into arthropods and fleas and things. Um, I did want to make this point that I think it's the right attitude to have, yeah. which is that the learning never stops. Never. You know, I think that maybe some people, you know, for whatever reason, when they decide to start learning English or they decide they need to learn English, they think mm. this is a thing that will have a an end an end yeah <laughs> you know Which it, it doesn't it doesn't i mean it's i understand why people want to think like that because yeah. they want to be able to complete it and then move on right yeah. but it's not really the right attitude the attitude you must have is that this is a journey that never really ends and it's about the journey yeah. it's not about the destination yeah. and and it can be frustrating like i i sometimes for example i find myself unable to hear what like people say in movies 
like in the movie, you know, like I, I, I was watching one, I think two days ago, and the character says, do you seatbelts? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Do you seatbelts? I was like, what? I was like, I have to go find the, the line. It was like, do you use seatbelts? Do you seatbelts? I was like, what? Do you use, do you use juice? You know, she, yeah. she just like ate all of it. Juice. Well, do you is, is. Do you use? Yeah. Became juice. Right. And I couldn't figure it out. I could not figure it out for the life. I was like, I was. St- I stopped the movie. I went and looked for the subtitles just for that line because I'm getting frustrated. But it's also like, I mean, I, I'm okay now because I, like now I'm okay because I'm also not a native speaker and accents vary a lot. And like, there's some you're never gonna quite get. And I also realized, I guess. Even in French, sometimes I miss something. So I'm, I'm figuring out. I guess even English speakers sometimes miss yeah. words. Like it's 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 not. It's, there's not this level where you have this like complete science of language and you just like understand all the words and all the accents. Sometimes you're just gonna be like, you know, like a, a classic one, for example, is um, uh, with um, let's say like Indian South Asian accents. Where, you know, sad, sadly, people will sometimes make fun of them because they're like, whatever, quote-unquote, sound weird, which I do not believe sound, in. People think they sound weird. Yeah. This, is, this is like people who, let's say, people who do business with, with uh, people in India. Yeah. And they have to do conference calls or yeah. telephone calls with people yeah. in India. And they've never heard an Indian accent yeah. speaking English before. Yeah. And so when they hear an Indian person speaking English yeah. over the telephone to them, they freak out. Yeah. Because they, exactly. they, they're like, what is this? It sounds exactly. so weird. It doesn't sound weird. It's just that you've never heard it before. Yeah, it sounds different. Yes. Certainly does. And yeah. when you, you hear for the first time, it is very different. But like, you know, you can apply it to like, I don't know, Boston accents or like, you know, people, South American people uh, speaking. Like you can apply to a lot of things. And it's like, it's it's more about acknowledging, oh, that's a different thing. That's something that's harder for me sometimes when I'm a native speaker because my, my I, like, I, I don't have like the, the, the same baseline that other people can have to like detect words, you know, like stuff like that. But it's like. You're always gonna have be confronted like new stuff, new accents, new words, new levels of English. Like it, it but I I do find it interesting though. Like I think for me that's what makes it interesting, and that's that's like what like I don't know. <laughs> I, I wanted to make a point here, Fred, which is that um, this is very interesting. That I, I like the fact that you see. Uh, Indian English or maybe different varieties of English and obviously English is a massive and very diverse Mm. international language but you see these different varieties of English as perhaps even higher level challenges that your ability to understand those different versions of English would mean that you are now at a higher level whereas I'm afraid to say that I think some people um, instead they think the highest level of their English would be to understand only receive pronunciation okay. and that they they filter out all of the other versions mm. and they say to themselves these other versions are bad versions of english and oh. i don't want anything to do with I see them what you, mean. you know they they, yeah. they think i don't want to have any yeah. i never want to hear yeah. an indian person speaking english or i don't want to hear other people speaking english because this will taint my english it's going to spoil my english yeah. and so they are just addicted to only the clearest, yeah. like what they, I guess, what they consider to be standard forms. Yeah. The but right I, form. But the right form, yeah, that they're thinking this is right and all the other versions are wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's dangerous to, to have that attitude because you just restrict yourself oh, to course. a very narrow 
uh, portion of the English language yeah. and that a re real mastery of English means being able to understand all the different varieties of the language. Um, you can choose, you know, people can choose which version they want to speak yeah. and they want, might want to speak like me or speak like, you know, another person, yeah. or, you know, A.J. Hogue, another American, yeah. American English teacher or someone. They they can they can want to speak like that, yeah. but I think it's a mistake to to avoid all the other versions yeah. of English because you need to be able to understand them when you listen to them as well. Mm. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Should we go to back to fleas and arthropods? Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. So so an arthropod, arthropod. is is hold on. Let me read the dicks the the collinsdictionary.com definition, listeners. All right. An arthropod uh, is any invertebrate. That's an animal without a spine. Mm -hmm. I guess, well, I'm not going to go into that. Of the, yeah. phyla, of the phylum Anthropoda, having jointed limbs, a segmented body, and an exoskeleton, right? Mm -hmm. That's like yeah. a skeleton on the outside, yeah. made of ch ch chitin, chitin? 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 Hold on. All the bats. Chitin. Chitin. You were chitin. right. You were Ooh. absolutely right. Well done. Ten points to Nerds you. Nerds in the house. Chitin. Hold on, I'm trying to get the volume up for, for this. Chitin. Chitin, all right. Um, you can't hear that, Fred, but yeah. he said chitin. Okay, chitin is a material that... that l it, l too far. Yeah, <laughs> it's what insects are made of, mm. I guess. Um, so this, this group of arthropods includes crustaceans. These are the things that live in the sea. Yeah. Crabs and lobsters. Well, and not all of them, mostly. Close to, the, close to water. Close to water. Yeah. All right. Are all crustaceans aquatic? Oh, I can. How many wormholes can we descend? A lot to? of wormholes. <laughs> worms are not involved in this, though. I was though. about to say. I don't know what worms Wor are. Anyway, good, good, good. crustaceans, including things like mm -hmm. crabs and lobsters, yes. and maybe some other ones that might live yeah, on the shrimp. land. Shrimp. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's mm -hmm. crustaceans. Insects. Mm -hmm. So insects are arthropods. Arachnids, that's spiders. And centipedes. These are the ones with, well, a hundred legs. Lots. Yeah. Lots of lots. lots of segments, I would say, and lots of legs. Ugh. And, ooh, oh, yeah. Still no worms, by the way. Still no worms in yeah. there, but that's another. So, yeah, my my original question was: Is a flea an arachnid, not an arthropod? Which... No, a, a, a flea must be an arthropod. It's not yeah. an arachnid. It's not an arachnid. It's yeah. not a spider, is it? A flea. Anyway, what but is it... a flea? A flea is not just the bass player from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> The, to be fair, I rewatched recently the the Bruno Mars Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, Super Bowl halftime show sponsored by. Uh, <laughs> they're they're pretty cool. I do like. I the, love the Chili Peppers. I like the Flea Peppers. is amazing. Yeah, <clears throat> he's kind of one of my heroes. He's a bit of an actor too. He's been yeah. in some two or three movies. He's yeah. in the Big Lebowski. Oh yeah! Come on, Lebowski, <laughs> give us what is it? Give us the money, or we cut off your Johnson. <laughs> Something like that. He's okay. he's in Point. Isn't he? No, is he in Point Break? Well, that's that's Anthony. I don't know. I, I, I never. I never anyway, but Flea is. He turns up in yeah. Back to the Future Two. Yeah, he's Marty McFly, the old version of Marty McFly's boss. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He has, he has a career. Flea, has yeah. A career. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's awesome. He's a multi hyphenate. Yeah. So anyway, fleas. So listeners, all of this just yes. to just to teach you the word flea. A flea is a little. Arthur, it's kind of like a little insect, let's say, that, that often that jumps. They jump really high. Yeah. Boing. They're tiny, but they jump really high. And uh, they, you find them on, the, on your, maybe your dog, if your dog goes running through some fields mm. or something. Or maybe if your cat. Or like, your child. 
Well, hopefully not your child. <laughs> if your cat goes out and and catches a bird or something, yeah. the bird might have fleas, and the fleas jump onto the bird, onto the cat, and then your cat comes and home and everywhere, you, and it and takes you about two years to get rid of them. Exactly, experience. you get you, <laughs> often cats will get fleas on their ears yeah. if they've been out in the countryside, yeah. and they jump and they jump into your bed, yeah. and oh dear, no, 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 no. We're just anyway, talking about flea markets. Yeah, but why did the word flea come up? Because it was a word in the spelling bee? Or it's something, yeah, it's a word I'd missed uh, a few years ago. Do you want to look at the words I missed from yesterday? Let's look at some of the words you missed from yesterday. There's some interesting uh, ones. I, uh, I have some comments to make about this as well. So, we, okay. But essentially, we are talking about different ways to, to develop your vocabulary. Yeah. And you've discovered that the spelling bee in the New York Times is a good way, Great way. to find new words. But... There, but when you find new words, there are certain steps I think you need to take, okay. right? So this is speaking as an English language teaching professional, uh, that um, obviously looking in the dictionary is good, mm. but we don't stop at the, the definition. Mm. That is the f maybe the first thing you look at, but it certainly doesn't stop there. And that checking words and dictionaries, I see you're a great example because you're you're working, you're at work, mm -hmm. you're doing the spelling bee, maybe you're lunch, during the lunch break yeah. or you're taking a moment to do it. And you don't want to spend too long on the dictionary. Like you just like quickly yeah. Google it. Mm. You don't even go to CollinsDictionary.com or Merriam-Webster. You just go I'm to so Google. Sorry. I'm so sorry. It's all right. It's this is this is fine. I'm sorry, Collins. <laughs> I'm sorry, Colin. I call him. Co I call him Colin. It's not. It's I call him Phil. Phil. Phil Collins. Um, <laughs> uh, can you feel it? Anyway. So, uh, but you don't stop at the definition. We we check the phonemic script, and if you if you've learnt your phonemic alphabet, and you can, you know, you can do that just using something like the Macmillan Sounds app, which is an app you can oh. use to play with the phonemic script. That's nice. I didn't know yeah. about that. Yeah, Macmillan Sounds. Oh, it's complicated. You, you need to go. To, you need to Google Macmillan Sounds app rather mm. than going to the App Store. For some reason, you can't find it in the App Store. But if you go to their website, you can download the app on your phone there. Right. Anyway. Too complicated. Yeah. That's easy. See, work it out, Macmillan. Come on, Macmillan. This is the thing. Sometimes it's just a question of taking a couple of extra steps. Yeah. We're all too busy yeah. or too distracted or whatever to take those extra steps. But those couple of little extra steps yes. of like being bothered to, to Google Macmillan Sounds app on your a phone. A few and, small steps. Yeah. And then and then actually do, getting the app yeah. and then actually using it. You know it. what? One day you Google it. You leave the tab open. The next day you click on it. The next day you download it. It's fine. You don't have to do everything now. No, just do little. If it's overwhelming. Try and do little steps. I'm not saying you've got to do everything. I want just, everybody right now to start just typing MC in their Google tab. <laughs> it's actually M A C. Ooh, M A C. See, M yeah. Um, so yeah, you can type MC and yeah. and and then tomorrow click return. <laughs> And then the next day, see that the results don't find you haven't yeah. found what you want. Yeah, and exactly. then the next week, you think, well, maybe it's MAC yeah, for exactly. Macmillan. You don't have to do it all yeah. in one go. But my point baby is, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Okay, so you, you you check the phonemic script and have a look at it there. You can click on the little uh, thing to hear hear the person say it. Flea, flea, in British English, and then you can actually scroll down. In, often in these dictionaries yeah. and what I love 
is the examples. And this is why I love those five dictionaries I mentioned, yeah. because they often give lots of good examples. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is true. That is good. So if we're looking at the word flee, it's not a very nice word. Maybe we can pick another word. Um, you've, got oh. the, you've got the word. You want a nice one? Let's Give, from, me, a, give me a nice ooh. one, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Elate. I think elate is good. Elate. I would say elated is a more common one. Yeah. Elated. 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 Okay, so I'm checking Colin's dictionary. That's one I missed. That's one of the words you missed. Elated. 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 And so, this is the process, right? Just sort of like, bear with me while I go through this process, yeah. okay? Oh, so, of course. We've, we've, we've Googled it. Sorry, we've, we've CollinsDictionary.com'd it. <laughs> <laughs> and we've come up with elated. The, it tells us that it's an adjective. Mm-hmm. Usually verb link adjective. Hmm. All right. Now, anyway, the the definition, if you are elated, you are extremely happy and excited because of something that has happened. We've got a couple of examples. I was elated that my second heart... (laughs) I was was elated that my second... (laughs) I mean, I just read it. Go, Go ahead. Go ahead. I was elated that my second heart bypass had been successful. I just like that it's the second one. <laughs> like, have you changed anything between, like, have have you changed lifestyles, bro? <laughs> stop. Just stop with the grease. Stop with stop the grease. Stop eating burgers and <laughs> pork. Um, I was elated that my second heart bypass had been successful. Now, And I hope my third <laughs> will not be hope, fatal. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully... <laughs> <laughs> I won't need to have a third one. Anyway, um, so at this point, listeners, you might think, well, wait a minute, what is a heart bypass? <laughs> so a heart, a heart bypass is an operation that you would have on your heart. It's a seriously... Bypass surgery. It's, it's, a, it's a kind of surgery on your heart. Okay, let's not go any further than that. And also, if I remember well, the name of a burger, actually. I remember a restaurant that would name... It's burgers, triple hard bypass. Oh, God. A very ironic name for a burger. Where do you think that restaurant is based? In America, America. North America, the United States of America, all all of the United States of America. So um, that was uh, another example. That was one of the best races of my life, said the elated winner. So, you know, the examples are good because you can pick up on how they're used. Ah, synonyms. I love me a synonym. We can click on synonyms. We've got words like joyful, Mm -hmm. excited, delighted, proud. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. Very good. Now, I like CollinsDictionary.com because if you scroll down, I mean, it does. so much data. There there is some data here, which, I mean, I would, the, the data is, you can take it with a pinch of salt, but it can give you a sense of. Did you say pinch? What do you say? Grain. Uh, yeah, that's American English. Wow. You take it with a grain of salt. In in British English, you take it take something with a pinch I, of salt. In my head. Exactly. Like I, was, I kind of knew what you were about to say, and I was like, huh, pinch. <laughs> take wow. it with a pinch of salt means mm-hmm. you, oh, there's another, there's another uh, tangent. It leads to say, like, don't, um, you know, like, don't accept it as the full truth. Like, you know, like, maybe approach it with a little bit of doubt or like you know a slight level of skepticism yeah, yeah skepticism so you can look better. at the data and the data of the word elated shows that the, the use of the word peaked in 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 around the late 18th century and that it's been in steady decline since then yeah. 
all the way down to you know quite a low level um, in the you know more recent years. So it's it's not as I high. guess the word elated has not been elated lately. The word elated is going. Oh, no one uses me anymore. I'm oh, so depressed. No. <laughs> But now the, the, the word might be elated because we're actually talking yeah, about it exactly. so much on the podcast. The, and elated exactly. is going, I'm elated again. Uh, and everyone else is going, but you were always elated. You've always been elated. Listen, you've got nothing to worry about. Not anyway. since 1784. <laughs> I wonder why it was used so much then. But, but anyway, I, you know, this is why we should take it with a grain of salt because elated, I think, is a nice word. But um, yeah, I guess you could say that it's not used that much. The problem with this data and the reason mm. you should take it with a pinch of salt or a grain of salt is that um, it doesn't compare the word elated with its other synonyms. Mm. That would be good if we could yeah. see that which other synonyms are used, yeah. the frequency of the other cinnamon, yeah. cinnamons synonyms <laughs> in comparison to the word elated would be more useful information cinnamon is a beautiful word cinnamon oh. yeah but I'm, I'm getting to oh normally there's a bigger list of examples yeah. okay here we go mahoney's mouth was dry and his face clammy and his heart elated wow this is from a novel okay now this is interesting because you can see that the word is used in literary situations Okay. Now, this is something you need to bear in mind when you're looking at your words from the New York Times spelling bee. Mm -hmm. You need to think, what, how are these words used? What, what world do these words come yeah. from? And they might be coming, they might come from science. Yeah. You know, like specific, like arthropod. Yeah. It's a very scientific word. It's not a word that Extremely. people are using all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not, but yeah. the thing is, as you say, like sometimes you, you encounter a word, you have no idea what it is, and it kind of leads you through a little rabbit hole where you end up learning something else. You know, just like, oh, I didn't, you know, like, I know there's al allele, which is like a g uh, genetics term. An allele is like basically versions of a gene. You know, like blonde hair, brown hair, for example, mm. they're all alleles or like, you know, blue hair color, stuff like that. Um, and you could just, you know, a little rabbit hole or like, you know, name of a fish here and there. You're like, oh, I don't know. What's that? How'd it's all good. How'd you cook that? I don't know. Maybe I'm going to buy fish for it. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Like, it's just like, yeah, it's just, it's a bit of like opening, opening up the world a bit, you know, just like through the words. That's just, that's just fun. It's just so fun. I love a it. Any little inroad into yeah. the world of english yeah. is is a good is a good yeah. thing you know like exactly. i think i've tried to describe it before with a metaphor that like english is a large building yeah. or maybe like a big church or a hall yeah. or something yeah. like that and there's like the main entrance in the front which is i don't know you know and then many other little entrances the british council yeah maybe <laughs> could be the british council or you know just the the, the way that most people get into english yeah. and then there are various other little ways in there's side yeah. doors there's little windows and you can crawl in <laughs> you can come down the chimney yeah. if you want from the sewers you can come up through the sewers <laughs> like a rat but uh, they all roads lead to rome yeah pretty much kind of thing pretty much okay there, there's one last word i want to mention because i i read it yesterday and i'm sure it's an old one it's pelf i don't know it p e l f Pelf, which I think is a Wait, can you try and use it, and I'll try and guess what pelf is. Like oh, if it's wow. a noun or a verb See, or an adjective. I didn't go through the whole process, so oh, how can is I it, even use it? Is it a pelf? Like oh, it's a nice pelf. No, no, no? it's more like um, he pelfed me. Yeah, uh, and I'm going to have to pelf him back now because, <laughs> like he, <laughs> like he pelfed fifty fifty quid. 
kind of. He pelfed 50 quid. Yeah. He pelfed 50, 50 pounds. Quid, sorry. Quids. Qu- quid. 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 Okay. It's uncountable. uncountable. Quid. But we'd never say how much quid. Mm. Let's say quid is just pounds. Yeah. But it's not quids. I think you can, Unless, you can use it as like he pelfed 50 pounds. So it means one or something like that. I think it's like, you like need a, more. I need more context in your example. Yeah, uh, he pelfed fifty pounds in the national lottery. Uh, he, he, no, it's more like he pelfed uh, fifty pounds from my wallet when I wasn't looking. Kind of pilfed or pelfed? Is it pilfed? It's pelf. P e l f. P e l f. Okay, because pilf is also a word. <laughs> <laughs> Papa pilf. Um, pilf. Hold on a minute. Pilfer. Wait, I, never, I never forget if, like... Yeah, wait a minute. This is... We've got to mm-hmm. stop it. Pilfer is a, a kind of a slang-ish word. P-I-L-F-E-R. And it means to steal things. Mm-hmm. Steal little things. Like staff were pilfering behind the bar. Staff were taking money from the cash register, yeah. the, the, the register. Pilfer. When f- when food stores close, they go to... They go to work pilfering food for the for resale on the black market. Yeah. This is about people who are stealing food, which they can then sell. Yeah. Other you know, pilfering in the USSR in the seventies. Oh yeah, yeah. Like oh, people, there was some pilfering around. People pilfering food and then selling it on the black market. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, but no, the word that you're talking about is pelf. P E L F. Right. Never heard it in my life. But go on, tell us what it is then. I think it's acquiring money in the in the not criminal way, but like um, dishon dishon dishonest 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 in American English. Dishonest way. I'd say dishonest. Yeah. yeah. Pelf, derogatory, money or wealth. So it's a noun. It's a noun. According to this, See? unless there are the whole process. Noun, noun, noun. noun. Yeah, apparently it's a, it's a noun. So money or wealth, especially if it's dishonest. Uh, dishonestly acquired. I guess the pelf is what you pilfered. Yeah, pelf would be what you pilfer. But listeners, yeah. I should point out that I, I, um, I never use the word pelf, and I've never no, heard it. But used wouldn't before. you love to just squeeze pelf in the sentence, <laughs> and it just it's just a right word. Like, that's the thing. Also, it's like sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know which word to use, and it's like, oh, there's one word out there. That's perfect when you want to men talk about money or wealth, dishonestly acquired. <laughs> it's right there. So, like Nicholas Sarkozy has been um, accused of. He's full of pelf. <laughs> criminal investigators yeah. found um, a lot of pelf in his bank accounts. Yeah. Now it wouldn't be used like that, but it, um, there's probably more quote. I mean, more modern words, I guess, but. I reckon, mm-hmm. so looking again at the trends, the data for usage yeah. of the word pelf, yeah. um, again, this is another word that yeah. Pete... Oh, I mentioned it because I was sure it's even less used and right. elated. So you're bringing it up yeah. as an example of a, of a word that we don't use yeah. anymore. Yeah. But it might be a word that you come across in, in um, you know, old literature, pirate yeah. stories. Certainly. It could be quite a good word for them to use in Pirates of the Caribbean or yeah. something. You know, it's some, the sort of thing that adds a bit of authentic color yeah, to exactly. to dialogue in a in a pirate film. Yeah. Arr, he had a gallant of pelf stashed in his booty or something. Yeah, he's such a rich man. Oh, it's all pelf. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The joy he's of a words. Crook. He's a crook. He's his coffers are stuffed with pelf. Yeah. Ooh, excellent. 
But we can see from the data that PELF these days yeah. is, is hardly ever used, and it's probably only ever used. I do wonder yeah. when is the last time it's been used before right now. Before today. <laughs> before like people talking about PELF. PELF is making a big comeback yeah. today. Not counting, I don't know, New York Times Spelling Bee recap podcast that might exist somewhere, yeah. but... Pelf is feeling elated right now. <laughs> Both Pelf and elated are just having, they're just opening a bottle of champagne yeah, right now. Woo! Party! Yeah. <laughs> um, um, do we have anything else to add? You, I mean, yeah. just, just, I mean, I'm sure there's other versions of like word games online and stuff like that where you can do that if you don't want to, you know, spend the money on the app. And, and and as I said, like you can just probably go on Twitter and just see what it looks like. And, you know, pen and paper. It doesn't have to be like a thing where you have all the, you know, just, you know, oh, how many words can I find? Can I find? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, so I'll, I'll read the rules. So words must contain at least four letters, include the central letter. Our The word list does not include words that are obscure. But they do include PELF. <laughs> uh, PELF is pretty obscure. Hyphenated or proper nouns. No cussing. So no swear words. And letters can be used more than once. So, yeah. It is, you know, again, it is American English. I, I like to say yeah, it like yeah. that. American. <laughs> um, it is American English. Uh, so that's something to bear in mind. That the spellings will be American spellings. So yeah. color will be yes. spelt without the U in it exactly. and, and, and so exactly. on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah th- okay, great. That's yeah. the New York Times spelling bee. Um, you mentioned other games and things. Well, since we're on collinsdictionary.com, yeah. I actually really like this website, as I've said. I'm not sponsored by Collins, by the Neither way. This I. is like free um, promotion that I'm giving We'd to them. We'd love to. <laughs> do you think they have? Do you think they do ads for dictionary? Mixed English podcast is sponsored by CollinsDictionary dot com. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I've never heard Collins sponsoring anyone, but you know, Collins. Hey, if you guys, if you you're wanna, listening, want to come up with a like a tagline for Collins? Um, what would Collins say? <laughs> <laughs> trust Colin. Yeah, trust Collins. Um, you know, or Phil. Uh, the you know, CollinsDictionary dot com. Collins the word. The Phil Collins of English. <laughs> he was a very successful yeah. uh, pop star. He was. Yeah. He was. Anyway, quizzes. They have quizzes on their website. So if we have a look at the menu on collinsdictionary.com. So we've got English grammar, English commonly confused words in wow. English. Do you want to do a quiz? Yeah, I do. Uh, we've, there are others as well. Um, uh, I, I like the... We're just doing English, and this is English vocabulary. So we've got a choice of collocations, confusables. These are words that are often... What's a collocation? Con- a collocation. These are words that always go together. Okay. Uh, in, in French, collocation is living together, right? Yeah. Yeah, so your flatmate mm-hmm. is your, in French... Uh, coloc. Coloc. Colocataire. Colocataire. Short coloc. Okay. So in the same sense, I guess the word comes from French, but okay. for us, collocations are words that live together. Okay. So for example, we'd say do business, not make business, right? So do business, is that's a collocation. So there's collocations, there's confusables, words that, whoops. <laughs> words word, who live in sin. <laughs> words that are confused. <laughs> now, words that can confuse us. Yeah. In the sense that two words that are often very similar. Okay. Idioms yeah. and just usage. Which, okay. um, so what do you fancy? 
Uh, that's a bit of confusables. Confusables. Okay. So that was Fred Iango talking about how the New York Times spelling bee has helped him with his vocabulary, which in turn helps with things like pronunciation and improving your pronunciation, helps with your speaking and also your listening skills, and improving your listening skills helps to improve your ability to understand people. And the more you understand people, the more you're able to notice more language that people are using, and the cycle continues. All the while, hopefully, your confidence is improving. This is the idea anyway. Certain habits, or at least certain mindsets, can help to put you in a positive cycle of language acquisition. You also heard at the end there how we were about to start a word quiz on the Collins Dictionary website. In part two of this conversation, we will continue where we stopped. So the next episode will be another one with Fred exploring some commonly confused words, most of which are homophones, words which sound the same but are spelled differently. So check out that episode two when it arrives. There should be more learning opportunities for you there and also some silly jokes and tangents too from Fred and me. So let me now recap some specific things from the conversation you heard. And we're going to mostly look at some of the words that came up. But first of all, my five favourite dictionaries again, the famous five. Let me just say them again. So we've got Collins Dictionary, collinsdictionary.com, Cambridge Dictionary, that's dictionary.cambridge.org, Oxford Advanced Learners Dictionary Online, that's OxfordLearnersDictionaries.com, Macmillan Dictionary, that's MacmillanDictionary.com, and the Longman Dictionary of Contemporary English, that's L-D-O-C-E-Online.com. I've mentioned those dictionaries many times. I will mention them again, I'm sure, in the future, because I will keep hammering this message home, which is that you should use online dictionaries. Um, Maybe you're like Fred and you just Google a word which I suppose is okay. But again, I'm encouraging you to go that little bit further and maybe start using these dictionaries, which are designed in many cases for people like you. And, you know, there's there's like whole teams of people and tons of research and lots of work that goes into making these dictionaries and making them as useful for you as possible. So, you know, why not use them? Remember, look beyond just the definition. Uh, these are resources designed specifically to help your vocabulary. Some of those websites have other resources too, like vocabulary quizzes based on things like idioms, synonyms, and commonly confused words. And you'll hear more about that in part two of this conversation, as I just said. Also, there's the Macmillan Sounds app, which helps you learn the phonemic script. You can download it from the Macmillan website, and that would be macmilleneducationapps.com slash sounds Pron. You'll find that link on the page for this episode, as usual. But also, you could just Google Macmillan Sounds app and you'll be able to find it. As I said before, you can't get it in the App Store for some reason, or at least when I search for it, I don't find it. So you'll need to go to their website to to get it. Right, let me now go through some of the words and phrases that were mentioned or that came up um, in this conversation. Some of these are words that sort of Fred has discovered from the... the, um, New York Times spelling B. And also think about the word stress and pronunciation of these words. So we'll start with the word admittedly, admittedly. And you can use this when you are saying something that weakens the importance or force of what you've just said before. 
Okay, so like this. Daily practice is so important in language learning, although admittedly, I don't follow my own advice when it comes to working on my French. Okay, okay, admittedly, admittedly, four syllables, it's the second syllable. Admittedly, all right, admittedly, you know, you, know, you, you need to try and get good learning habits. Admittedly, I don't follow all my own advice, but it's still good advice. Okay, and another one is horrendous, horrendous. Um, H-R-R-E-N-D-O-U-S, horrendous, H-O-R-R-E-N-D-O-U-S, horrendous. Um, it's, um, it's an adjective, okay, and it means basically something horrendous is something unpleasant or shocking or horrific, appalling, awful or ghastly. There you go. Synonyms. Um, for example, getting sick in a foreign country can be an absolutely horrendous experience. Horrendous. Three syllables. Her- and it's the second syllable. Ren. Horrendous. An absolutely horrendous experience. This is a bit like an episode of Luke's English Podcast Premium, except with slightly less detail. But anyway, um, repeat after me. Getting sick in a foreign country can be an... A- Wait a minute. Getting sick in a foreign country can be an absolutely horrendous experience. In a foreign country can be an absolutely horrendous experience. An absolutely horrendous experience. Okay, another word is severe. Severe. Uh, Another adjective. It's spelt S-E-V-E-R-E. And this means very intense or serious. For example, I had to stop working because I had a severe headache severe two syllables veer the second syllable is the stressed one severe a severe headache um here are some more words and we're just focusing on the word stress here because i think you probably know these words already the first one is embarrassed embarrassed right so you know the classic example is if your trousers fall down in the street then you would be embarrassed wouldn't you embarrassed three syllables Okay, and there's an ed ending there, ed, but it's not embarrassed, it's embarrassed. St at the end. Embarrassed. Embarrassed. That's three syllables, and it's the second syllable again. Embarrassed. Okay, next one. Important. Important. And again, the second syllable is stressed. Important. Sometimes the t at the end gets cut. Important. This is a very important question. This is a very important thing. Sometimes the T at the end disappears, as you can as you can hear. Important. Okay. Next one, necessary, which is difficult to spell. N-E-C-E-S-S-A-R-Y. Um, I had a mnemonic when I was a kid at school to try and remember this one because I always used to spell it wrong. Never eat cereal, eat salmon sandwiches. N-E-C-E-S-S. Never eat cereal, eat salmon sandwiches. I don't know why that's a memorable thing, but it's always stuck with me. Anyway, necessary. 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 Okay. Necessary. First syllable. Necessary. Okay. And the next one is accessory. Accessory. For example, if you've got, you know, uh, what? Uh, mobile phone accessories. Um, could be a, a case for your phone or some sort of dongle that allows you to attach a microphone to it or something like that, right? Accessory, 
accessory four syllables and it's it's the second syllable again accessory so we had necessary first syllable necessary and accessory accessory four syllables again but different stress second syllable there okay we're now going to look at some umbrella terms so um let's see when you're thinking about vocabulary it's kind of worth thinking about how certain words are grouped together you've got word families this is where you've got some a, a word that kind of goes across different parts of speech a word family is the is the base form of a word plus its inflected forms and derived forms made with suffixes and prefixes plus its cognates uh, meaning all words that have a common etymological origin some of which uh, even native speakers don't recognize as being related this is this is not me this is word this is wikipedia speaking um i'm trying to just just uh i can't podcast and think at the same time so okay we'll we'll just use the word happy so happy the ad- adjective the noun form happiness um the uh, opposite of happy is unhappy so all these these three words all exist together in a word family Okay, so, you know, think about word families, but also you've got umbrella terms. This is a word, uh, and then underneath that word, you've got other vocab, which are all types of the first thing. So, I don't know what, you've got animal is an umbrella term, and underneath the word animal, you've got all the different types of animal, like dog, cat, mouse, um, you know, whatever. Dog, cat, mouse, crocodile, um, golden eagle right and then under and then dog could be an umbrella term you've got all the different types of dog right like alsatian and labrador and english sheepdog and stuff like that okay so here are some umbrella terms and you know you heard some fairly obscure little animal words in this episode and uh, i'm going to try and organize them a bit for you so you've got first of all invertebrate an invertebrate which as fred said is an animal that doesn't have a spine or a vertebrae so you've got different types of invertebrates you've got an arthropod and arthropods are invertebrates that include arachnids that's spiders insects and crustaceans okay so under the umbrella term of arthropod you have arachnids insects and crustaceans arachnids are spiders you know arachnophobia is the fear of spiders so all right. An, an arthropod is a type of invertebrate. And then we've got, yeah, insects, arachnids, and crustaceans. So insect is a type of arthropod. And a type of insect would be a flea. So we talked about the word flea, not just the bass player from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but a flea is a type of insect. And as you heard us describe, those horrible little things that jump around, they jump very well and they bite and they're horrible. Um, okay so that's flea and then arachnid is a type of arthropod and the, and arachnids are spiders as i've said uh, but they're not insects uh, spiders have eight legs insects have six and then crustacean these are also types of arthropod which are neither insects or spiders and uh, crustaceans include crabs lobsters and shrimp and then we've got the word chitin which is a very obscure word and this is what insects' exoskeletons are made of. Because insects have their skeletons on the outside. Ugh, aren't they weird? Uh, a skeleton on the outside would be an exoskeleton. 
And those exoskeletons apparently are made of chitin. But it's not it's not a word that you use every day, is it? So, like, oh, you know, it's, oh, my chitin's... <laughs> my chitin's playing up again. What do you mean? I don't know. Maybe insects do when they're chatting away. You know, ants, when they get into the ant hill. Oh, good morning, Terry. All right, Steve. How are you doing today? Oh, my chitin's really itchy this morning. Uh, anyway, and then you've got worms as well. Worms are like soft things. I don't know where worms fit into all of this, but worms are like soft things that when it rains, they could have come out of the ground and birds like to eat them. And you can use them when you go fishing. Uh, worms, sort of long, soft, disgusting things that seem to eat earth in the ground and then poo it out again. In fact, they, as far as I can tell, a worm is just a tube that eats mud and then poos it back out again. And they're very useful. Farmers and gardeners like them because they sort of uh, help the soil somehow. Anyway, worms. Let's move on. So we've got the uh, the adjective elated. 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 Second syllable. Three syllables and it's the second syllable. Elated. Meaning, uh, you know, joyful, delighted, excited, proud. Okay. Then we've got the word heart, heart bypass. A heart bypass, this is a noun. And according to the NHS, a coronary heart, a coronary, a coronary artery bypass graft or heart bypass is a surgical procedure used to treat coronary heart disease. This is not very fun stuff. And a, a heart bypass, basically it diverts blood around narrowed or clogged parts of the major arteries to improve blood flow and oxygen supply to the heart. So if people have got heart disease or if they've got arteries around the heart that are clogged or blocked, a heart bypass is a kind of surgery that allows the blood to go around the clogged areas and still, you know, uh, um, get through to the heart. Now, Fred and I sort of laughed when we talked about heart bypasses, but they're not really that funny. We just laughed about the fact that the guy in the example from the dictionary had two heart bypasses. But of course, this is a serious procedure that a lot of people have to have. Um, anyway, next one is the phrase to take something with a pinch of salt. Um, and in America, they say to take something with a grain of salt. Uh, so to take something with a pinch of salt, this means to be sceptical about something or to not completely believe everything that someone says. For example, take online medical advice with a pinch of salt. Sometimes it's not completely accurate. Or, you know, you can take what Terry says with a pinch of salt because, you know, he's full of shit, basically. <laughs> Just take it with a pinch of salt, meaning don't believe everything. Okay. Uh, another obscure word is uh, allele, allele, and this is a specific scientific term. A double -L, -E l e. Again, another, not another, not a word that you would need to use every day. Probably, oh, my alleles are hurting this morning. No, um, but it's a specific scientific term from genetic biology, from genetic biology, and it's pronounced allele. And I, rem I remember this word coming up in my biology A level lessons when I was seventeen. But I haven't heard it since until this conversation with Fred. And uh, I failed that biology A-level, by the way. Um, so maybe I wasn't concentrating. <laughs> Next word, pelf, which I do find a funny word. And this is money, especially if it's been illegally obtained. But this word is hardly ever used today. So just don't worry about it. 
Again, another example of me going, Pelf, there's a word, don't use it. (laughs) Uh, Collins is the only dictionary that lists the word Pelf. Synonyms of this, and maybe more useful synonyms, might be swag. Swag, yeah, doesn't mean just sort of like cool style and attitude, which is kind of how it's used these days. Yeah, swag or swagger. Swag also means like money that has been stolen. Or booty, which is again probably from a pirate story uh booty and swag are the sorts of things that pirates would have uh, but again these two words aren't really used either to be honest they're used a bit more than pelf um but they're not really used that much unless it's some kind of pirate adventure story set in the 18th century but so you know if you are a pirate living in the 18th century then go ahead and use it but otherwise you might want to give it a miss um, another word, slightly more useful than the other three, pelf, booty and swag, uh, pilfer. Pilfer is a verb. Um, and uh, this is a uh, a slang word meaning to steal. And it is still used, but I would probably go for the words nick or pinch instead. Like, you know, oh, someone's nicked my wallet, right? Or my bike got nicked. Or I pilfered some biscuits from my flatmate's cupboard right or someone's pinched my mobile phone okay right pinched my mobile phone he says typing it right and then we've got the word quid uh quid is a is a noun as well it's a slang word meaning pounds right the the currency money in in the uk pounds quid 50 quid and it's it's a funny word because it's both the singular and plural form hilarious right i mean funny in terms of it being sort of odd or peculiar so quid a pint of beer in a pub can cost over seven quid these days seven quid it's daylight robbery okay so that's it for this episode then part two should arrive soon and it will be called something like learning vocabulary with collins dictionary word quizzes with freddy ango slash commonly confused words something along those lines so tit tit (laughs) why did i just say tit so tit no i mean so sit tight until that one arrives nothing to do with tits or bees uh no or crustaceans or mollusks or whatever anyway sit tight until part two arrives and i do expect you to just sit there don't move just sit in one position don't eat until Part two of this arrives and then you can carry on and go about your business. Ha ha ha. Joking, of course. You could do whatever you want. Sit tight. Just means wait, basically. Um, so there you go. I hope that all is well in Lepland. Uh, don't be a ninja. Okay, write something in the comment section. And by the way, writing one comment, like like being a ninja and then just sort of like gradually popping out of the shadows and writing one single comment like... I'm writing a comment so I'm not a ninja anymore. This doesn't completely revoke your ninja status because you have to stay out of the shadows because you have to stay out of the shadows, you know. You can't just sort of like dart out of the shadows quickly. Uh, I'm not a ninja. Bye. And then we never see you again. You're still a ninja as far as I'm concerned. Um, You have to keep commenting, you see, and sort of chat and all that stuff. All right, then. Well, in any case, I will speak to you soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. 
Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.